I'm Ben Micellis from Political Beatdown, which I co-host with Michael Cohen. The episode that I'm about to play for you right now, I recorded with Michael Cohen before the historic news from the Manhattan criminal grand jury that they were voting to indict Donald Trump. We are learning as of this recording that we believe the criminal indictment is for 34 counts. And of course, uh, Michael Cohen is one of the critical witnesses in that case. I want to do this introduction so you know the timing of when we recorded the live podcast. But I think it is very important, though, nonetheless, when you listen to this, to view it in its appropriate historical context, because I think this really is a historical podcast to have Michael Cohen, who again is the critical witness in this criminal case against Donald Trump, uh, to hear Michael Cohen's thoughts, to hear Michael Cohen's opinions, to hear Michael Cohen's unfiltered uh, rants, if you will, um, before the criminal grand jury uh, voted to indict Donald Trump. I view this as an important historical record, if you will. And so when you listen to this podcast, I wanted to give you that background for you to view it in that historical context, right? Because only a few hours after this podcast, which we did live, because we do these podcasts live every Tuesday and Thursday, um, shortly after it, about a few hours after, the big news was handed down. Cohen didn't know. I didn't know, America didn't know, but now um, our history um, will forever now be marked by this important milestone, this important moment for justice. No one is above the law. This is what true law and order looks like. So without further ado, let me play you the Thursday episode of Political Beatdown. Enjoy. Welcome to the political beatdown with Michael Cohen and Ben Micellis. We are still on indictment watch. The Manhattan District Attorney's criminal investigation is, of course, still ongoing. The grand jury is still out. We have been getting a lot of information from all different sources, a lot of misinformation out there. So, we really got to cut through all the crap here on Political Beatdown and just talk about the facts, talk about what we know. There's been these rumors circulating, whether this grand jury was going to uh, reconvene in April. There's been a lot of crap out there. Let's talk about the facts. Let's talk about the truth. Also, Donald Trump has filed an appeal to the order uh, by the chief federal judge, Beryl Howell, where she ruled executive privilege did not apply to basically everybody in Trump's inner circle, like Mark Meadows and Stephen Miller and, and Dan Scavino, Scavino and the whole lock, stock and the whole crew. You know, Donald Trump on that one, we'll play a clip in, in, in a little bit, not yet. You know, he went on the propaganda network and said he wasn't going to appeal, but like the liar he is, he did appeal. And we'll get to that in a moment. But um, Cohen, you were up late last night. I know this because throughout the <laughs> night I wake up, the uh, brigade knows that I don't get much sleep. 
Um, but I saw you tweeting out at all hours. So you, you, you've been kept up late. What's going on, Cohen? How are you doing, most importantly? Um, you know, fighting this PTSD, fighting um, the sleep deprivation that unfortunately I suffer from. Uh, I actually slept one hour last night. And while I was sitting and I was on the um, on my Twitter account, I can't tell you the number of lies, the misinformation, the disinformation that's being promoted out there by this MAGA ecosystem of fools and bots. That's really what they are. They're a bunch of fools and bots. And what they tried to do is they tried to rewrite what's really going on here. First of all, it blows me away that there are people who are talking about um, the grand jury. I don't even know what's, deal what's going on with the grand jury. This district attorney's office, they're keeping everything close to the vest. You see, Ben, we talk about this all the time in the show, and generally we talk about it towards the end of the show. But I think it's important that we just touch on it at the very beginning. That's what you get with political beatdown. You get the raw unfiltered truth, whether you like it or you don't. That's what you're going to get from us. There's none of this bullshit, misinformation, deflection, disinformation, malinformation that you're going to see on whether it's the Untruth Social, Newsmax, OAN, or even with the other cable news stations. You have all these talking heads talk, saying, oh my God, you know they're going to be off for the next month. Well, how do you know that? It's interesting because I don't know that. And my attorney, Lanny Davis, doesn't know that, but somehow Politico knows that. I'm not really sure how. And I think the most important thing is everybody just has to slow down. I know people are anxious. I really do, because we're anxious to see Trump held accountable for his dirty deeds. But then the best comes in when you start to see folks like, like Ellie Honig, for example, and he's taking pop shots at me, making claims like, well, Michael's not really a credible witness. He's a convicted perjurer. Well, that's true. I did plead guilty to the 1001 violation, but I think it's, in, it's in really important and it's imperative that all of these talking heads finish their sentence, which I did at the direction of in coordination with and for the benefit of Donald J. Trump. And they need to explain what that big lie was all about. The number of times that I spoke to Donald Trump about the failed real estate project in Moscow that was to be known as Trump Tower Moscow. I told him three. The true answer, which is what Trump wanted, was 10. So at the end of the day, if you think that's going to keep me from being a credible witness based upon all the documents and testimony that this district attorney has, well, there's something wrong with you. They're basically looking for controversy. They're looking for clickbaits. But I say, as I did in my book, Revenge, media has a lot to be held accountable for as it relates to Donald Trump's rise of power. Because what they do is they've, look, they've realized that they make money with Donald Trump. Advertising, viewership was up. Why? Because it's like a Howard Stern episode. You just can't wait to see what this fucking lunatic is going to say next. 
And so they check in and they watch, and that creates advertising dollars and revenue and so on. And that's the truth here. So at the end of the day, we need to be held accountable, everybody, for putting out this misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. Otherwise, we're just going to be you know, we're, we're no different than the way Russia has their newspaper called Pravda, which in Russian means truth, which is really loaded with nothing but propaganda lies. You know, when, when you think about uh, a lot of these talking heads were former federal prosecutors, the essence of their prosecution often involves conspiracies, right, where there's multiple people involved. If you just take the most basic hypothetical, right, where you have two bank robbers who are caught on camera robbing the bank and one bank robber pleads guilty to, and then testifies against the other bank robber. You don't go, hey, that bank robber's got absolutely no credibility. That's a, that, at the end of the day, you know, the way these cases are tried is that there's a conspiracy, which you pled to was in furtherance of Donald Trump. And to use my analogy of it was caught on camera, it basically was, right? I mean, the documents are there. The checks are there, you know, and all you have at this point is Donald Trump's absurd, disgusting, misogynistic, horse face, no affair, nothing ever happened, and then to rile up his base to attack you. And so, and that's what they do. I mean, we have some of these tweets, Cohen. And again, I saw you late last night you know, posting when I would wake up and I was like, it's probably, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., you know, where where Cohen is here. Let's just pull one of these up at, at random so you can take a look at, um, you know, and, they, and people would just say things to you like, keep talking, clown, you know, and your response was, you can bet your bottom dollar maggot that I will keep talking until your Fuhrer is held accountable for his dirty deeds. I want to ask wait, you, wait, wait, you know, specifically. Can we flesh that back there? What was that? One salty patriot? Is that salty our production guy? It's definitely not our. You better get that in check over there, my friend. All right. <laughs> not, our, not our salty. Not no our way. salty. Anyway, salty, you're the best. So thanks, everybody. Just give a little shout out to salty. Great job every time. Um, yeah, so I was responding at that point in time to a, I believe it was a New York Times article, and the New York Times article basically has me, you know, um, quoted as saying that I will continue to do what is needed in order to hold truth to power and to hold those accountable for their own dirty deeds. Look, I suffered terribly, and I and I suffer terribly even even still it's you know i the ptsd doesn't just exist while i'm awake and walking around whether it's in the city or even just uh, at home while watching the news you know it's worse when you sleep uh things trigger you know memories and they it's it's very difficult you know anybody that's been incarcerated especially 51 days of solitary confinement will tell you that and i never was much of a sleeper anyway but this one hour of sleep is really going to hit me hard, you know, around eight, nine o'clock tonight. I'm going to, it's going to, it's going to really, it's going to really hurt to say the least. Um, but these people cannot continue to create these misinformation statements because 
The saddest thing is these maggots, his core ecosystem, they actually believe it simply because it's anti-Michael, because it's anti-Joe Biden, because it's anti-Democratic Party. And that's not healthy for our country. It's not healthy for truth. Don't, I mean, don't they want to know the truth? Aren't they interested in understanding what really took place here? Or is it better to sort of stick your head in the sand and only come up when your Fuhrer, your supreme leader, your monarch, your dictator, your autocratic wannabe is out there promoting lies and, again, this misinformation and disinformation. It doesn't make any sense to me because at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening is it's going to ultimately destroy democracy. It's going to end up giving power to the executive branch above and beyond that to the judiciary and to the legislature. And this is a real problem. Now, these folks may think that Donald Trump is there. He's their representative. He's their guru, their God, you know, their whatever you want to call him. All right. He's not. You are the same people, maggots, that Donald Trump despises. I mean, do I have to remind you of the time that he was talking about how he loves the poorly educated? Basically, what is he saying there? Yeah, I'm all for the stupid, right? I mean, what sort of person would allow someone to call you stupid, the poorly educated, and you're now going to take money that you're earning or that you're receiving from social services and you're going to donate it to an alleged billionaire? so that he could do what? Fix his airplane? That he could pay off some debt that he's going to end up owing to our incredible, unsinkable attorney general here in that civil case? You know, something people don't, you know, that they don't remember as well. I myself have a lawsuit against the Trump organization for monies that he still owes me for legal fees, not for me, but for legal fees that I had to hire on his behalf. And at the end of the day, he doesn't pay his legal bills. So, you know, um, you sue him. And at the end of the day, he will either pay up after we voir dire a jury, and that's like what happened in the Galizia case. It's what happens in many of the cases, uh, including the Trump University case that was brought by Attorney General at the time, Eric Schneiderman, He'll either do that or we'll go to trial. And the longer that this takes, the more interest he has to pay me anyway. So either way, I don't care. But he has to be held accountable. You cannot ask somebody to go ahead and to hire a lawyer on your client's behalf, on Donald's behalf, when you tell them I'm paying for it and you tell the lawyers too, and it's all in documents. And then what do you do? You decide I'm not paying. I'll pay how much I want. No, this guy has to be held accountable for something. And so I do believe that Alvin Bragg, I do believe that Tish James, I do believe that Fannie Willis, I do believe that, um, that Jack Smith will all, each and every one of them, will hold this man and his sycophantic acolytes responsible for their dirty deeds. 
I am extremely hopeful as well as optimistic. You mentioned his MO of settling uh, these cases, and it seems that as he is on the brink of losing, he either will back down like the coward trader he is, or before doing that, he will try to call to action his cult to do what they did during the January 6th insurrection or to do what he's trying to do with Alvin Bragg. Like he has a very simple playbook, right? It's either violence or just kind of violence, then become a coward or just outright become a coward and try to settle the case. So speaking of that, you know, the E. Jean Carroll civil rape and civil defamation case is set to go to trial uh, April 25th. Uh, the judge has ordered an anonymous jury there. Donald Trump is going to have to take the stand uh, in that case, as he did in his deposition, where he did horrible. Do you think he's going to try to settle that case or is he going to show up to trial there? I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen there? Well, look, again, it's very hard to tell because whether he knows or not that he's responsible, his biggest fear is that a jury will come back and hold him accountable and that the repercussions are significantly greater that way. So I think he will ultimately, after the voir dire of the jury, I believe that he will then have his lawyers attempt to settle the case with E. Jean Carroll. However, he will demand for the settlement that the release specifically state that this is a settlement in order to resolve a matter despite the fact that the defendant uh, does not accept responsibility for the actions that are stated in the complaint and that the plaintiff acknowledges that the defendant disputes the claims, but again, as a matter of um, course, that the parties have hereby agreed, you know, to resolve this matter without expressing any liability at all. He referred also to how Trump doesn't pay his lawyers, which is very well known. There was, you know, recently breaking news yesterday, but I'm not sure how breaking it was um, regarding Alan Weisselberg's legal team and the set of lawyers that were originally being paid by the Trump organization were fired while he's been in Rikers. Um, and that's at the same time the district attorney's been upping the pressure is what at least been reported. Um, but then there was there were some people suggesting that that shows that Alan Weisselberg um, may be flipping. And then there's other people who said it's actually the exact opposite of that. Donald Trump wanted to have lawyers who were even more faithful to Donald Trump and the Trump cult, and that Trump was concerned that Weisselberg's lawyers were being actually too weak and representing Weisselberg's interests too much at the expense of the Trump organization. Um, you have any insight there that you can share? Okay. So once again, I got to go right back to Everybody seems to have an opinion. You know, <laughs> there's my grandpa used to always say opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one and nothing but shit comes out of it. 
my grandpa was a real sweet, he was a sweet man. I mean, he really was. It's not, he really didn't have, uh, you know, my sort of vernacular onto this. He really, very rarely, but this was a famous quote that I remember him saying all the time. And to be honest with you, what does it mean that they come up with this theory? Under what basis is this theory being promoted other than they think it's going to bring them clickbaits. It's going to put them on television that they're going to get five minutes with Nicole Wallace or Joy Reid or Allison Camrata, Don Lemon or any of the other hosts, right? Or, you know, or OAN or whoever. It's not, all right? It's merely an opinion and it's not worth anything. Why did, why did um, Alan Weisselberg allow these people to leave? Why did they choose? We don't even know whether they're the ones that elected to leave or were they terminated or how about this one? Maybe their job is over. Alan is doing his 100 days in Rikers Island. It's over, I think, towards three quarters of the uh, of this month coming up in April, too short of a time period. So maybe there's just nothing for them to do. And, you know, here's another report that I read. Uh, by a journalist that Alan Weisselberg could potentially be looking at additional charges, which would maybe potentially keep him in Rikers Island or require a significant bond. If in fact that they can show that Alan was involved in um, making misstatements on the financial instruments that this, I just read, I don't know this, to be factually accurate as it relates to the DA's case, I think what we all need to do is to take a breath. And I think we need to sit back. And if it takes another day, if it takes another week or two weeks, what sucks, of course, is that it's the holiday and that the grand jury runs on the school holiday, which, of course, you know, we now also have Easter and Passover. So happy Easter, happy Passover, you know, happy Kwanzaa to, uh, you know, all of our brigaders. And they won't be back for what appears to be a month. But we don't even know if that's true or not. You know, what we do know is that the grand jury is going to be at the office on Monday and Wednesday. We don't know what they're hearing because these proceedings are secret. I don't even know. And I'm allegedly the key witness in this thing. And for me to find out that you know, this thing could be delayed a month by Politico or any of these other, you know, journalists. I think it's really disgusting. I think it's despicable. And I'm angry about it because if anybody should know, it should be me. Two seconds after that Politico article came out, I, my phone exploded. Every single reporter, and there's hundreds of them, start texting me, email me, calling me, you know, any way that they can get in touch with me. Hey, is this true? What do you know about it? What do you hear? Now, each one of them are doing their job, and I applaud them for doing their job. Don't get me wrong. They are all doing their job. But it's only one of them, you know, and a thousand of them calling just one person, meaning me. And I don't have the answer to it. And so then I just have to leave my phone alone. I don't respond. I don't answer. And that's why we see all of these, these stories coming out that may be accurate, but at the same time, they may be inaccurate. We just don't know. It's a 50-50 shot. 
And I don't think that it's fair. I don't think it's fair to do to, you know, to the population, to the Americans that legitimately 57% of America, according to this poll that came out the other day, and of course, it's a plus or minus six. So it could be as high as 63% of Americans want to see Donald Trump held accountable for criminal activities. Now, that's not saying that at the end of the day that he will. It's just saying that they want him to be held accountable. For God fuck's sake, I went to prison, not because of tax evasion. That's bullshit. Not because of a HELOC violation. That's even bigger bullshit than, than, the, than the tax evasion. Not for anything other than the campaign finance violation and lying to Congress, which I acknowledge. I own my I own my misgivings. I do. And I have said so many times, and thank you to all of our brigaders for you know being behind me in this. This is my journey. This is my redemption journey. Not just redemption to the country, but to my wife, to my daughter, to my son, you know, to to the country, to my friends, you know to my extended family. I mean, this is a journey that makes no sense at all. And when I hear these political pundits like, you know, the Danny Savaloses or Tara Reid sitting there and questioning my credibility, for God's sakes, pick up my fucking book, Revenge. Read, and if you can't read, get it on Audible. Get it any way that you can. Have somebody read it to you if you don't even want to pay for Audible. I don't know. Just Listen to the facts because that's what revenge is. It's all about the facts. And if you don't want to know the facts, don't spew the lies. That's unfortunately what we're dealing with, except when you come to Midas Touch Network, right? Here, you're going to get, as I said before, the raw and unfiltered truth, whether you like it or not. Do you not think that I would love to sit here and tell you what I spoke to the grand jury about, of course I would. You think I would love to tell you about the 22 interviews that I had with the uh, district attorney's office, starting with my very first appearance when I was in Otisville? Of course I would. The problem is, who does that benefit? It benefits Donald. And I am not ever going to do anything that benefits him. And if in fact that he's found not guilty, I can accept that because that's coming from a jury of his peers. And so if a jury of his peers say, no, we don't, we don't think so. Okay. I could live with that. What I can't live with is that he's not held accountable and that he doesn't even have that day in court that we as America don't have our day in court. Now they've robbed me in the past, you know, when it came to, for example, my taxes, I sued my former accountant, a guy named Jeffrey Getzel from a firm called Getzel Schiff and Pesci. I sued him and I couldn't believe it. We got all the way down to the part that I had to provide them documents and they had to provide me documents. I provided them like a thousand pages and they provided me nothing. And as we went to go back to court to get these documents, because I believe those documents will show how the Southern District of New York went ahead and they pressured him to lie about me and to testify because he made the mistake. All of a sudden, they make a motion to dismiss the case and the judge grants it. 
I think it was Judge Cohen, Republican, appointed, I believe, by, by Trump and his people. They grant it. So then we take it to appeal, and the appellate court agrees with the lower court. And so that case is gone. I mean, it's amazing considering one of the letters that I have from them acknowledges that their that their person who was inputting in all of the information made a mistake earlier. Not to mention Andrea Griswold of the Southern District, their their crimes unit or whatever the hell she does, turned around and said that the work papers or the way that the accountant calculated the numbers is wrong, and that if my new accountant tried to file amended returns that they would scrutinize them and that they would come at me twice as hard. Well, they didn't even give me a chance to meet with an IRS agent. There's never been an IRS agent, you know, attached to this case. I've never spoken to one. I never received a letter from them. Instead, it was, you either plead guilty in 48 hours, we file an indictment against you that's going to include your wife. And again, anybody that knows me, and I hope that, you know, all of our brigaders who have significant others would do the same as I did. You bite the fucking bullet and then you spend the rest of your life trying to right the wrong that was done against you so that it never, and this I talk about in revenge, it never, ever, ever can happen again to anyone else. Cohen, super powerful words. Couldn't agree with you more. And that's why ultimately you said we've got to do this show political beatdown because it isn't about injecting, you know, all, you know, just additional uh, headlines out there and clickbait out there. You know, what this is, is, you know, your ability and our ability to kind of cut through the BS because we know that this disinformation echo chamber out there is trying to steal your narrative and steal the true, which is the true narrative for their own agenda, right? And we now on the Midas Touch Network and Political Beatdown, you know, just more people watch this than actually watch the large media networks when you look at the numbers. So it's just our ability to tell the truth and to convey to people what's really going on. And you mentioned these you know, Trump followers who are in your DMs and who are, you know, saying all of these things to you, you know, it, it, the large media networks normalize that cult behavior. They normalize that, hey, you know, you just got Democrats and progressives and liberals, and then you've got these Republicans and conservatives. And it's like, there's nothing conservative about these people. Like, it's just a weird cult. And you know, I'm reminded of that wacko Waco rally that Donald Trump held and even the weird cult propaganda behind it. Like, did you see this clip where and, and there's dozens of these that I can show, but these propaganda networks that just pull up these Trump followers who talk about they're reaching out to Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan District Attorney here. Just just watch this one. Play this clip an email and I said dear Mr. Bragg I hope you had a restful weekend and had some time to be on your knees praying to our God Almighty about your decision regarding our precious precious president Donald J. Trump yeah. how would you like to be in his shoes his torture brings to mind what Jesus Christ went through to save us President Trump is our savior in this country there's no one else who can make us whole and great again 
please do not continue to tarnish and persecute this precious, precious man. He is only a man. He is only human. And we are all human. Have forgiveness in your heart for all the damage that everyone has done to him. And please do not continue. Thank you. All right. What do you think, guys? That's beautiful. I like it. And keeping it classy, getting to the point and telling the truth. Keeping it clean. What are you talking about? You know, and then the ramifications of you know Donald Trump. That's the first time, Ben. I actually threw up in my mouth. I felt like yeah. it was from. I felt like that movie Dodgeball, right? I, I think I just threw up in my mouth. I couldn't believe it. First of all, it's blasphemy. The fact that they're comparing Donald Trump to Jesus Christ really makes me wonder whether or not this person is truly, you know, Christian at all or understands, right? Um, you know, Jesus was a one of a kind, right? I mean, the man died for our, you know, for, as Christians would say, for our sins. Donald Trump wouldn't, Donald Trump wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire because that meant that he'd have to walk across the street. The fact that they could compare the two people together in the same sentence, to me, is blasphemy. There's no other way to describe it. It's not just blasphemy. It goes to show you the level of stupidity of this cult. This guy is not a god, all right? He's the greatest grifter in the history of this country. He is truly the greatest bullshit artist in the history of this country. And we've had many bullshit artists, but this guy just rings supreme. I mean, you know, I remember when I was in Otisville, uh, you know, uh, Deacon Davis, really special super guy. I became, you know, very friendly with him. He was very, very, very kind, you know, and he said to me, you know, that, and he would say, you know, he would say this all the time that uh, about Jesus, you know, dying for our, you know, our sins, but that he was really the last truly honest and decent person that walked on this planet because we all have faults. I acknowledge and recognize mine. I know, Ben, you acknowledge and recognize yours. And if you don't, I'm happy to tell them to you. I can send you, <laughs> a, you tell know, them all to pages of them. But at the end of the day, do you not remember Donald sitting there holding the Bible upside down, having an interview where he said that he's never spoken and apologized to God for something that he's ever done wrong in his life? That's a sick fucking person, if you think about it. Someone who can't acknowledge that they've done something wrong and that they grew from that error. I mean, you know, there's an expression, right? An adage, um, to err is human, to forgive is divine. And that's why I'm so thankful for this podcast. I'm so thankful for mea culpa. I'm so thankful for, you know, all the time that I get on television or in the media because my goal is again redemption it's a redemption journey and it's painful you know i don't make any qualms about it and i talk about it. there's actually going to be a special on msnbc that's coming up uh it's like an hour-long special that i did with ali velshi um where we talk about this this road to redemption is not an easy road but then again it's not supposed to be at least that's what i've been told and it's what i feel and when I say I've been told, that's by my wife, my daughter, and my son, right, telling this to me. 
And they're right. And they were right before when I wrote in Disloyal that I should never have accepted the job, you know, from, you know, from Donald. But I did. And I did what I did. But the part and, you know, there's some people um, in the comment section that they say, oh, he's really he's pushing his book revenge and so on. First of all, yes, I want you to read the book, but I want you to read the book because it outlines in like 340 pages. It outlines what happens when you have an autocratic president who weaponizes the Justice Department through a willing and complicit bloviated attorney general to go after his critics, because you could be next on this one. And I promise you, Donald Trump's enemies list is very long and it's dangerous. He's dangerous. And it becomes even more dangerous when you have an attorney general that doesn't check the power of the executive office, instead becomes his complicit attack dog and does something which has never been done in the history of this country. And that's to imprison to lure a citizen to the courthouse for the sole purpose of remanding them back to prison to prevent them from exercising their First Amendment freedom of speech. So if I ask you to read the book, I want you to know all the facts. Because if you don't know all the facts, all you're doing is, you know, you're going along with whatever I say, whatever Ben says, or whatever the newspaper or journalist or, you know, TV host that you agree with. And that's not how you learn. Sometimes you have to watch the other people so that you get an expansive horizon of the other point of view. That's how you learn. And that's how you end up being able to formulate a decision on the way you want to behave, on the way you want to react, on the person that you want to vote for office. Cohen, one of the things that you said there that really stood out to me, though, is that and you said this a little earlier as well, is that ultimately, if the case against Donald Trump goes before a jury of his peers, and the jury ultimately hears the testimony, hears the cross-examination, looks at it and says, you know what, not guilty. That's something that ultimately you said, I, I can live with that. I think we would all be very disappointed if that was the outcome. But that is our justice system. The issue is that no one should be above the law, right? What Donald Trump should be held to account for, he should not get special benefits and perks and get away with it, or the House Republicans shouldn't weaponize their committees to try to interfere. And there should be the judicial process that makes our country um, usually the beacon of the world for how justice should be carried out. And as it's always been said, our system is definitely an imperfect one, but it's so far the best one that's really existed when it's carried out the way it should. And I want to contrast that, though, to what the MAGA Republicans view it as. And they view it as truly a kangaroo court. And just here's an example of it. And I want to get your reaction to it because it happened just now, just earlier. You know, the show's live. And this is uh, a hearing in the Jim Jordan House Weaponization Committee, is what they call it. And as part of this committee, they basically call these witnesses up. 
um, uh, the, you know, to spread their propaganda. And then they allow the witnesses to leave without the Democrats even asking questions, without cross-examination. And they totally take our system of justice and they turn it into an utter clown show. So watch this clip. And we'll get to our next witnesses, but thank you both for your leadership. A point of order, Mr. Chairman. The gentleman is recognized for a point of order. He'll state his point of order. Mr. Chairman, these witnesses are being dismissed without the ability to cross-examine their statements. They've made some outlandish allegations here and consistent with the work of this, this committee, especially this select committee and con congressional hearings in general, we should have the ability to question their, their statements. Yeah, it's a long-standing practice of the committee to, uh, when you have our colleagues from the other side of the aisle and uh, other uh, officials, to uh, let them. Testify, no, 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 no. These, these witnesses, Mr. Chairman, these witnesses were direct witnesses as to the cases that they brought. These, when we bring in our colleagues from the Senate and and other colleagues from the House, we extend them a courtesy. Many times we do not even swear them. We do not require them to take an oath. We we allow their testimony. Uh, in a, in a ceremonial or in a non-substantive way, but these two witnesses have just presented evidence that I think in part is false. And, and I would like the opportunity to cross-examine those witnesses. And if, if this- well, Those witnesses this, aren't here. Uh, Mr. Chairman, point of order. You will get a chance, chance to cross-examine Mr. Sauer. You've not said a point of order here that I'll my, recognize the my, gentleman my, from Mr. Louisiana. Chairman, point of order. Is, isn't it true that even in recent Reclaiming days- Reclaiming my time. No, you're, have, you're not recognized, sir. Isn't it true that yes, even I am? I, I was recognized. Sure. He did recognize me. Well, point of order. I'm now recognizing Mr. Johnson because you're you're not sitting your point of order any longer. You're making a speech. By the way, that's Jim Jordan, who runs the Judiciary Committee. Uh, he never passed the bar exam. And, and I think that's an important thing. Like, look, does passing the bar exam make you a, a great lawyer. I mean, I took the bar exam 12, 13 years ago. And it, I know it, it really, but it is the minimal threshold of competency to be a licensed lawyer, like it or not. Jim Jordan, who chairs the Judiciary Committee, go do other committees. Their chair who runs the Judiciary Committee is basically a fake lawyer. Cohen, I want your reaction right after this quick break. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Now, I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work, and frankly, I don't think I even knew if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with a push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. There's no smell when it runs, and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. My family, we're down from three bags per week to just one. And here's something cool. My wife, she recently started gardening and we've been able to use the scraps of dirt to help fill her garden. And since I got my Lomi, I throw out way less garbage. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. I feel so great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of waste. I have a basically limitless supply of dirt for my garden. The other week I had my in-laws over for dinner and the food cleanup was a breeze. Plus, they think I'm super eco-conscious now. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com beat and use the promo code beat to get $50 off your Lomi. 
That's $50 off when you head to lomi.com slash beat and use promo code beat at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. And now back to the video. So Cohen, when Cohen arrives after the uh, after the video, we played this clip of Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan is someone who is not licensed uh, to practice law. He's someone who never even took the bar exam or if he did, failed the bar exam. And he holds these sham kangaroo court uh, committees. He holds these sham hearings. He doesn't allow any cross-examination. And then he just gaslights the American people over and over again. Cohen, you saw that clip right there of of uh, Jim Jordan. And it, it is an utter class. That's what they want, though, as their view a of justice. I want you to comment art. there. And then I want to show you a clip of Eric Swalwell, just, yeah. just as a comparison. So, Ben, it's performative art. That's all that it is. Jim Jordan is playing to a party of one. He doesn't care whether it's legitimate. He doesn't care if it's illegitimate. He only cares that Donald Trump gives him a thumbs up uh, with those little hands of his. That's it. He's all he cares about is Donald is Donald Trump's appreciation for what he's doing. But not only is he chairing the Judiciary Committee, let's not forget on the subcommittee for government, you know, um, weaponization. That's a very interesting scenario that's going on. If you check out my Twitter feed, you'll see, or even my Instagram, you'll see, I posted three separate things. One was Jamie Raskin, God bless his soul. You know, I hope he's feeling better right now. This, this warrior for democracy is out there, you know, while he's, you know, dealing with cancer and he's fighting for democracy and justice and for what's right. And he turned around and he attacked Jim Jordan's weaponization committee as not being bipartisan, but rather being extremely partisan in that Jim Jordan wants to start the weaponization at the doorstep of Joe Biden. Well, again, what about the weaponization of the Justice Department by the Trump administration? And he specifically used me as the example. But then that same theory, that same logic was then employed by Steve Cohen, Congressman of Tennessee, at the next hearing or the hearing after that, when Jim Jordan once again wants to start the weaponization at the doorstep of Joe Biden. And this bullshit that every single time that somebody wants to hold Donald Trump accountable for something, well, what about Hunter Biden? I mean, okay, listen, if Hunter Biden did something wrong, I, for one, believe that he should be investigated too. But you don't forget about Donald Trump's bullshit. And then you only focus on Joe Biden. What about the weaponization of the Justice Department against a citizen who would, all he wanted to do was, you know, to um, express his First Amendment freedom of speech right? Well, then you have Dan Goldman, the freshman congressman from New York, went after Jim Jordan as well for the same thing. The guy is only playing to a party of one. And this is so dangerous. It's either he's there as a representative for his constituents for the benefit of Americans, all Americans, or you're there for Donald Trump. It's one or the other. You can't have it both ways. 
He only wants to appease Donald Trump. He only is looking for Donald Trump's approval. And to be honest with you, I don't understand it. I really, I don't understand what Jim Jordan is doing. And you mentioned these hearings where the MAGA Republicans will just consistently talk about Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's laptop. Like, it is really weird. Like, do you remember last week they held a hearing uh, right before Donald Trump did the Wacko Waco rally uh, to commemorate David Koresh and the uh, Branch Davidian cult's murder of four ATF agents? The MAGA Republicans held a hearing attacking the ATF. And in that hearing, you've got MAGA Republican uh, Representative Tiffany. Just watch what this MAGA Republican does on a hearing that's about like ATF and guns. Play this clip. Wilcox, if a person lies on Form 4473 and a user and is a user of unlawful drugs, um, you can get between five to ten years for that. Is that correct? Is that my understanding? No, I, be I believe Congress changed the uh, sentence. Uh, last Congress. Uh, what is that sentence now? Up to 15. Up to 15 years. Uh, why hasn't Hunter Biden been prosecuted for the crime that he committed? I'm not aware of the facts of that case and can't comment on it. Okay. Who do we talk to to see why this uh, case is not being prosecuted? I mean, he said very clearly in his book that he used drugs. He had uh, gun, a gun, at least a gun. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. State your point of order. Totally irrelevant and not germane to this proceeding. Uh, he, sir, he's got, his, he's got his five minutes. Go ahead, continue. He's got a court of law. Okay. So, <laughs> I understand why um, you do not want Mr. Wilcox to answer that question. It's very clear why you don't want Because there's a dual system of justice in America. That's what's going on right now. And everybody's talking about it across America. There's two standards of justice that are, um, that are going on. Yeah, what Americans are talking about is how freaking weird, like it's weird and deranged. And speaking about this, there was this clip earlier in the day too. Like we can't normalize who these House Republicans are, right? This isn't a normal part. I actually long for the day where there could be a debate of ideas. Oh, you want smaller government here and you believe that tax policy should look like this and here's how we should, I, I want those days. But let Look, me show you this. I'm with you. I'm with you. Exactly. <laughs> At the end of the day, what what's needed in New York is not the same that's needed, for example, in Ohio or yep. Idaho or Los or California. It's just not. All right. And each representative owes a duty to his constituents. However, however, the J6 choir is an absolute embarrassment to this country. The fact that this idiot can sit there, and I'm talking about Donald J. Trump, this fucking idiot, can sit there, Sean, Sean, I'm more popular than Taylor Swift. He goes, we're number one on Apple. We're number one on, on Pandora. We're number one on this one. And I, I mean, the fact that, the fact he could even bring that up, and that shit's being televised, right, around the world makes us the laughing stock. I mean, could you imagine this guy thinks he's going to compare himself to Taylor Swift, that he, Donald Trump, and the January 6th insurrectionist choir are out there singing the national anthem. I mean, I'm blown away. It's not even the national anthem. I want to say it's their one last own, thing. It's, it's their and own I, song. 
It sure is. But I want to say one last thing, too. The fact that he that this wacko went to Waco on the anniversary of this shooting and the fact that there were people that were there applauding Donald Trump with guns and and, you know, and the Second Amendment and all the other bullshit ignores the fact that Dave Koresh married. What was it? A dozen children under the age of 14. I mean, this pedophile. And this is. This is who you're, you know, you're saluting as what? A proud American for the Second Amendment? Fuck that. No, 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 no. You know, we really need to take this country back. And that's why, Brigaders, I beg you. I really am. I'm begging everyone. You let your friends know about political beatdown. You let them know that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Ben and I are here with the raw, unfiltered truth that we will not stop under any circumstance. We will continue to tell you the truth. We will. We may not know the answer. And by the way, like I said to you with the, the DA, if I don't know the answer, I'm not going to make it up. I don't want to be like the cable news outlets. I don't want to be like these other journalists that are out there promoting their own, you know, their own information. I want to only provide you reality no more innuendo just facts you know you remember where uh, you know there was a time when when facts mattered and there were yeah. standards in politics like i i remember you know uh, a former vice president who spelled potato wrong and their reputation was shattered or even like john Kerry would go windsurfing yeah. and and that would show that he was out of touch but just look at how far these Republicans have fallen here. This was from the third part. They did three nights on Fox on Hannity. And this is Donald Trump professing his love on Fox, unchecked by Hannity for Putin, Xi, and Kim Jong-un. Play the clip. Right. I'm going to give names and give me quick, short sentence of narratives, whatever comes to your mind. Putin. Well, I'm going to have to go a little short, but uh, I got along with him great. Uh, had I been president, he would have been much better off because he wouldn't have gone into Ukraine. But ultimately, he's going to take over all of Ukraine. She. Uh, a man I got along, again, I got along with him great until COVID came in. Uh, we would have been able to work together very well. I got, I made an unbelievable deal for our farmers and manufacturers where China was giving us $50 billion a year to our farmers and our manufacturers. Kim Jong-un. Uh, again, got along with them great. People don't want to hear that. A lot of people say that's terrible to get along with them great. When somebody has nuclear weapons that can blow up the world, it's nice to get along. I got along with them great. Mullows. I mean, what kind of even, it's not even an interview. Like, you know, they, they, they just go to the point where you have Hannity saying a word. Kim Jong-un, I love the guy. He's the greatest guy. Putin, great, great guy. Great, great person. If you take that entire one-hour interview and you actually start taking notes, what did I learn from that interview? And the answer is you've learned absolutely nothing, Right. If, in fact, he was president, Russia would never have invaded Ukraine. You're right, Donald. Russia would have already taken Ukraine because you were holding back um, relief money, $200 million, that was approved by Congress because you said you were allowed to do that as president, as the king. You could do whatever you want. Oh, yeah, that's right, Donald. You did it because you wanted them to open an investigation into Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Burisma. 
That's called extortion. But that's okay, because you're Donald Trump. You could do whatever the fuck you want, right? Well, the answer is no, you can't. And in fact, Putin looks at him as what is referred to in you know, law enforcement as a useful idiot. He already has Donald Trump's game down. You basically stroke his ego because the guy's got a baby fragile ego. You tell him he's great. Next thing you know, oh, yeah, yeah, Vlad, don't worry about it. All right. Um, I'm not going to allow the government to send any armaments. We're not going to send any missiles, any javelins, any helicopters. We're not going to send anything because you're asking me not to. And we're friends. I mean, the man doesn't understand. Not only does he not understand what diplomacy is all about, the fucking moron can't even spell it. I mean, the fact that this guy wants to run again for president, he's exactly what our founding fathers feared over, you know, in, in 1776. And... The issue is, and, and, and what they feared is a pattern that repeats in history, right? Like this isn't new. You have to learn from history. An exhausted majority of 70, 80% that feels, a, that feels passionately though about democracy and people who just want to go on with their lives, if the exhaustion prevents that majority from standing up for themselves, because you just go, you know what? It is so exhausting dealing with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Boebert and Trump, and I'm just exhausted. I Just do what you want to do. That is what fascism does. Fascism exhausts you. It, it is a death cult. They cannibalize themselves but they exhaust you and they exhaust everyone in the process. So that's why the exhausted majority can be exhausted no more. And it's why we show you the truth, why we show you these clips. And I'll give you just one more example of it too. And this goes into the recent appeal that Donald Trump had, uh, he just filed it in the DC Circuit Court of Appeals. Remember, this is what he said on Newsmax last week, the propaganda network, where he said, look, we did nothing wrong. And so I'm not even going to appeal the order by the federal judge compelling Mark Meadows and Stephen Miller and Dan Scavino and Robert O'Brien and you know all of them. I, 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 there's nothing to hide. I'm not going to. Why would I need to appeal it? Here, play this clip. Uh, understood. I, I want to ask the, the breaking news today was in the January 6th, the special counsel probe which is also looking into classified documents. You had this judge today rejecting claims of executive privilege, meaning that Mark Meadows and your aides are going to have to testify on J6. Your response to that, and are you going to appeal that ruling? Well, usually when I hear this, I say, why do we even bother appealing? Because, yeah. first of all, uh, the courts are such that we don't do too well in them in terms of rulings. You know, it yeah, seems right. to be... A, very much on the other side. Second of all, let them say what they want to say. We did nothing wrong at all. Mark Meadows did nothing wrong. Uh, I did nothing wrong. And I'm president of the United States. I made beautiful statements. If you look at my statements, I wish you could read them off to your viewers, which, by the way, I see you're doing very well, so I'm proud of you, Rob. But I wish you could read them off to your viewers. But I called for peace. I called for all of these different things on numerous occasions during that uh, few hour period. 
And the problem was Nancy Pelosi, who's in charge of security, along with the mayor of D.C., and actually along with Mitch McConnell, it just came out with, they didn't do their job because they could have had soldiers, they could have had National Guard, they could have had a lot of protection, and they didn't want it. They turned it down. They're the ones. They didn't do their job. But if you look at the statements I made, they were beautiful statements. Well, I mean, it's... And here's the thing. That reporter should be... Like, there should be the equivalent of malpractice. Ben, where's the balance? Like what we do. We don't have to agree on everything. In fact, there's so many times that you'll say something and I'll say, well, I, I don't yep. really see it that way. <laughs> where's the balance? There is no balance here. Yeah, you're right, Donald. hundred percent, whatever you say, it was a beautiful statement. It was a perfect statement. Everything I said was right. Right. I, it was, if I wish that you had it and you could read it. First of all, if you had it and you were reading it, it sounds like a four year old talking in circles because he doesn't say anything. He's a fucking moron. Plain and simple. End of story. Listen. So my political beatdown brigaders, there's only one way, only one way for us to save this democracy. And I really mean this. We need to vote. We all need to band together to really have the political beatdown brigade. Let's go figure out how to get, like the way that Midas Touch just hit a million uh, subscribers. We need a million people attached to political beatdown. We then call for a march in Washington to the, to the White House with a million people, the million man brigade, and we will sit there and we will ensure that people like the Jim Jordans, the Lauren Boberts, Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Josh Hawleys, the Matt Gateses, the Ron DeSantis's, that all of these fucking traitorous bastards are voted out. That's the only thing that we can do. Now, again, I don't care if it's another Republican that ends up taking the spot, as long as it's not another MAGA Republican. It has to be somebody that you could sit down with and somebody that you can negotiate. Again, not everything in New York is the same as Idaho, Oklahoma, Florida, what have you. So they all have their own needs, wishes, and wants. But we have to be able to sit down and talk about things like gun control, right? Legitimate gun control so that these terrible situations that keep popping up that we're becoming numb to. I don't want to hear any more, you know, thoughts and prayers. Fuck that shit. There's a bunch of children. There's innocent people that are being killed. The number one cause of death in America for children is gun violence. This shit has to stop. All right. And there has to be a way. But the only way is if you have two parties that are willing to talk and negotiate. And otherwise, it's just, it's either I win and you lose, or you win and I lose. It's one or the other. And that's not negotiation. And, and to your point there, and just to see how the MAGA Republicans have become so radicalized, you know, the gun-free school uh, zone legislation in 1990 or so, which was signed into law by George H.W. Bush, only one Republican voted against it in the entire House of Representatives. That's how bipartisan uh, it was. And it was passed by a voice vote in the Senate. I know Marjorie Taylor Greene tried to blame President Biden for that bipartisan bill, but it just shows you, even though it was George H.W. Bush and everyone voted for it, and it was the right bill to vote for, but it just shows you how radicalized, how extreme this MAGA Republican Party has become. And it's not a both sides issue. 
I long for the days of normalcy. And that's what we're fighting for here. Normalcy, humanity, decency, intelligence, the truth, our democracy. That's why we do Political Beatdown live every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Brigaders, thank you so much for allowing us to start one hour earlier live than usual. Michael Cohen, we will all be rooting for Miami. Um, I know you are a big Miami fan. Salty, do we have the video of the Miami basketball coach giving a shout out? Uh, to Cohen's son. If we have that, let's play that clip right now. <laughs> hey, Jake, go Canes. Go Canes, go democracy, go political beatdown. Get your copy of Revenge if you haven't got it right now. Michael Cohen's book, wherever books are sold, wherever audio books are sold, it is called Revenge. Make sure you subscribe right here to the Midas Touch Network on YouTube. We passed 1 million subscribers. Let's get to 1.5 million by the summer. Make sure you subscribe to the Mea Culpa podcast as well. Make sure you subscribe to Political Beatdown. We're Ever you get your audio podcast. Thank you all so much for watching this episode of Political Beatdown. We will see you live next Tuesday. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. <laughs>